0: Hey ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put A Ring On It podcast.
1: Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts.
0: (laughs) You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes.
1: And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information.
0: And we didn't want you to miss out. So please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash p-a-r-o-i. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash p-a-r-o-i.
1: Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun loving creatives like us in a really big way.
0: Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one on ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more.
1: All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Still White the world's largest wedding dress marketplace with over 30,000 gently used dresses to choose from. This is the Put A Ring On It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Weddings and fellow bride-to-be.
0: And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Husband, father, and I make the best scrambled eggs in the entire world.
1: The Put a Ring on It Podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone involved in planning a wedding who wants the confidence to pull off an amazing wedding celebration with their most favorite people on the planet.
0: Every other week, we share practical planning advice, insider tips, and behind the scenes stories from our own adventures in the wedding world. We pull back the veil and have honest conversations about real things, about stressful things, and about all the things that go into planning a wedding. Are you ready? Let's do this.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 51 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. We are close to getting Medicare. What age do you get Medicare? That's 65, not 55. Sorry.
0: We're getting there. We're not even close
1: to taking out our Roth IRA or IRA. That's 59 and a half. Yeah, yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there, though. Episode 51. Dan, Dan, how are you doing?
0: I am super duper uber happy.
1: That's great. I'm so happy to hear that.
0: (laughs) So uh, I was trying to think of why, but I'm just happy. Yeah, things are yeah. good. you know, well, Life is good, you, I'm breathing. I think
1: I think for both of us, this is this is the fall for you and I. We are in super super busy season in Pennsylvania for weddings. We've been part of some amazing couples' weddings, and I love and I this time of year. I had a pumpkin spice
0: year. latte again this morning. There
1: you go. That and makes I, me happy. I I just like this time of year because when we start going back to back to back with weddings, we hit this amazing groove, and the team and I really work. We always work really well together. But you just yeah. You just get into a great flow. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it.
0: Rachel's uh favorite favorite holiday is Halloween. Um and she just gets like really hyped and happy and and so, and it's it's not necessarily the holiday. She just loves to dress up and have fun and and that kind of thing. And I just love it when she's happy, so that makes me happy too. Um That's awesome. Yeah. That's why I'm
1: Rachel and her group of friends, I swear are the like masters at dressing up and doing costumes. Oh, yeah. I cannot stand Halloween um, but they are amazing at it I I am so jealous of their talents when it comes to that stuff it's bizarre
0: they do they do a thing every year where they like they'll come up with some idea and then just go out on the town uh, and and do something for our one friends our one friend's birthday and like the other year they went out um, it was just three of them. And they went out and they did shenanigans. grannies. Have you seen the mm-hmm. pictures of this? I and, have. And my wife and her two friends, like a small group, uh, they dressed as grandmas and they they went out and like partied it up. It was the pictures are hilarious. Like I wish I wish I could go along with, but they just did the silliest stuff and um and Sarah was handing out things like like the little mints that you would always see at like grandparents' houses and um like some guy bought my wife's like granny sweatshirt off her head like three kittens on it super silly but yeah they do this stuff all the time and they literally think of like their their halloween outfits the year prior yeah it's it's,
1: great it's, great. A, it's amazing it's insanely impressive i give them all the props in the world for what they do but i am in addition to your happiness i am also happy dan do you want to know why i'm really happy
0: nope yes i do of course <laughs> i do
1: <laughs> <laughs> because if you are listening to this too uh, the day it goes live uh we are doing our meetup tomorrow so oh. wednesday i know wednesday october 3rd 2018 6 to 8 p.m we are doing the meetup if you haven't already make sure you rsvp in the facebook event group we are so excited i'm i'm literally i could spit with excitement i won't spit because it'll get my microphone really messy
0: this here's the thing it's like like for two years now danielle and i've just been sitting in front of microphones talking to each other and putting this stuff out there and like we hear from people you know pretty regularly on facebook and instagram or whatever but it's just so and you know we love hearing that it's making a difference and people are planning their weddings better and focusing on joy and everything but we also just like danielle and i are both people people right yeah people people yeah people persons. you're a, there we go.
1: You're, a, you're a people person i'm a i'm a helper I like yes. helping people. You love just being around people. I like being around dogs and puppies, <laughs> <laughs> but we can't bring those to Starbucks now, can we?
0: No, but the, the goal is is like we both. Uh, so while being a helper and me being a people person, just yes. getting together with people in real life and and just hearing from you guys and talking and understanding, you know what you guys are struggling with and what you love about the podcast and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We're just we are just way hyped about this. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's not even not even to talk about podcast stuff. I mean, if you want to share stuff, we are all ears. But just to come and say, like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with or this is what we're dealing with or this is what my mother-in-law is doing. And we just want to have a a good old chat. I can't tell you how many times because it's not uncommon for me to be at a Starbucks working and just knocking things out on a computer. And I love when couples are there who are very clearly planning a wedding and they're talking about wedding stuff. And I have the hardest time focusing on the work I'm supposed to be doing because all I'm doing is eavesdropping on their conversation and wanting so badly to interject with my advice and my thoughts and my like, no, you are doing great. Don't feel that way. And all these little things. So now I get to do it legally.
0: Or if you guys just want to come and be like, oh my God, you guys are so amazing. We love your voices. Ugh, barf
1: Dan. (laughs) (laughs) No one will ever say they love our voices, particularly Danielle's voice. I'm Danielle
0: Pastor It's nice to
1: meet you. Yep. And I'm Dan Boyer. Uh, for those listeners out there, the behind the scenes stuff okay. that we Dan and I should absolutely post sometimes is Dan and I very, very often making fun of the other person, um, often in their voice and in a very dramatic sense. It's it's oh, it is it entertaining. It is a freaking a ball. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're excited. Hey, that said, well, we well, have,
0: have to really quick. I'll be right back. Yeah. Okay, I always have to
1: pee. <laughs> I'm a super fast peer. Okay, so Dan, we've got uh an episode today. Oh, that my that my list loving heart is so excited for. <laughs> This topic actually came uh, from somebody who reached out on Instagram. I'm pretty sure her name's Katie. And she was just like, hey, can you break down food, wedding food, from, from, from the dinner options and appetizers and all these different things? And I was like, absolutely, because that sounds like an amazing idea for an episode.
0: That is why we created The Definitive Guide to Wedding Food. <laughs> I wish this
1: was videoed because that was brilliant.
0: <laughs> you like that? That was a pretty good. One, yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you didn't hear, I feel like you had to have heard, but we've got the definitive guide to wedding food. Oh, no pressure. No pressure. That's, is, those are some big is words. Just,
0: this is going to, yeah, this is going to be um, me setting Danielle up and her just going, <gasps> and just like telling you everything she knows because she is a wealth of knowledge. And if you don't come, on October 3rd and just ask her questions (laughs) I don't know why you would do that because people usually pay her good money for this exact information so yep come and get it for free
1: yeah yeah, that's a very great point actually so
0: it's very true let's do it
1: Yeah, so I want to jump right into this episode And I think the way I structured this episode uh, I'm a planner, right? So of course I plan this all out But the way I structure this episode is I sort of want to talk through the night Or the, you know, the flow of your reception From cocktail hour to dinner to dessert uh, and, and so on So I want to start off With talking about Dan and I's favorite part Cocktail hour and the hors d'oeuvres Or
0: appetizers <laughs> Cocktail hour food
1: First of all, Dan, I have a question for you. How do you spell the word hors d'oeuvres?
0: Um, H O R S, space, uh-huh. D apostrophe, um, O E U R V E S.
1: Ah, oh, so close. Oh, I'm so sorry, I sir. You just barely won a car. Um, uh you were good up until the so o e u v r e s I do ah. the same thing I always transpose the r and the v that said, I just right. wanted to test you because I can never ever ever spell the word without either googling it first or <laughs> spelling it and having you know the little spell check be like wrong again then wrong
0: <laughs> so, so so uh yeah so you start out with or- hors d'oeuvres and mm-hmm. apps or we yeah we can just call them apps appetizers yeah.
1: Yeah, appetizers. Exactly. Yeah. If we want to be you less fancy. Yeah. So really there's two types of of appetizers that you see or hors d'oeuvres that you see at your cocktail hour. There's the stuff that's passed, meaning, you know, there there's somebody walking it around on a tray. And then there's the stationed ones. Stationed ones are yep. the tables you see that have all of the food just sticking on it. Personally, I'm a fan of having a little bit of both at your wedding. I don't think either one is more right or wrong than the other because I love, you know, usually the stuff that's passed is a a little bit more interesting. It's like like an interesting bite of food. Um, It can be as simple as a pig in a blanket or something that has a date wrapped in figs with bacon and scallops. Not sure that that's a thing, but it sounds good, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, Whereas like the stations are more like cheese. Sometimes it's charcuterie. Sometimes there's a lot of veggies with dips. I've also seen pasta stations. I've seen seafood stations that are amazing. Uh, Dan, what Mm -hmm. are some cool stations that you've seen at cocktail hour? Because I feel like you've seen Uh. some cool stuff too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do. I try to take pictures of food sometimes, and and like I love cocktail hour because people are just hanging out. There's no pressure. People just enjoy themselves. Um, so I've seen some some pretty interesting things. I really like the mac and cheese bar. I've seen that a couple mm. times. Um, so don't get me wrong. Like I've I've seen some more creative things lately. You know, like initially you always think of the cheese and. Um, uh, cheese and crackers and fruit and you know a, yep. a giant bowl of shrimp and that kind of thing. Um, but lately, like I said, I've seen um, like a mac and cheese bar, a pasta station, a a, a mashed potato bar. Um, a hummus bar, just a whole bunch of like random, like fun little things. Uh, uh, a cheesesteak bar, like mini cheesesteaks, like itty bitty Ooh. little rolls with like little cheesesteaks that you can put inside, uh, like chopped up meat you can put inside, and other things you put on top. Yeah, so those are some pretty cool things that I've seen that were um, some good, good mixes. I, yeah. I would agree though that I like the both stations and past because sometimes the lines for the Like if it's a single station or if there's if there's multiple stations, that's great because people kind of Mm -hmm. get broken up. But if there's one station, sometimes it takes a little bit for people to get through that. And it's nice to get people relaxing and eating and enjoying themselves right away, you know.
1: Yeah, very, very much so. And the more, um, the more different options you have, too. Sometimes the better. But even if you just have two different things that are being passed, people still love it. They're going to look for that person walking around holding it, and they're going to enjoy it. And I like when you know when we talk about things like pasta stations and mashed potato stations and mac and cheese stations. Those are usually very, very interactive from a guest perspective. So this yeah. is one of those things that. it it covers those bases when we talk about the four principles of of throwing a great party where you got to give them food, give them drink, give them entertainment and keep them comfortable. It touches on two things. You're suddenly giving them food and you're giving them entertainment because they're walking up to the station Let's say it's a mashed potato station, and they go, okay, well, do I want, you know, depending on the caterer, but you could, like, maybe it's like, do you want white potatoes or sweet potatoes? You know, which mash do you want to start with? And then there's all the toppings with, like, chives, yep. sour cream, cheese, onion, uh, you know, bacon. Marshmallows, and walnuts. Marshmallows. Picanes. Yes. Yeah. There's... And the guests are like, "This is amazing!" So you're you're just sort of you're setting them up for this really excitement uh, exciting experience, and it's your you know it's it's pleasing to the eyes, pleasing to the palate. It's it's really entertaining. Those are the things that uh, I think guests really walk away from enjoying.
0: The one thing that I feel like is not talked about a lot at weddings, and I feel like it's always awesome, uh, is the fruit cocktail hour. Fruit is so amazing Mm -hmm. like because there's always like little strawberries and whatever i don't know what wedding venues do to get their fruit but i feel like i've never had like a (laughs) like a weird like like a weird piece of fruit that's been sitting in like your crisper for a while it's like no like everything's always just like on point oh my gosh like strawberries and grapes during cocktail hour are they're just they're just beautiful and perfect and lovely yeah check out the fruit at the next wedding you're at
1: said like a true vegetarian yeah, right. <laughs> and really on that note, think of your guests too, because chances are very, very high, which we're going to talk about in a bit later in the episode, that you have somebody on your guest list that is vegetarian or gluten-free or has an allergy and yep. think about them. It's it's one thing to think about them during dinner, but also make sure if possible, you can accommodate them somehow during cocktail yeah. hour too, because I think that's yep. important.
0: Okay, okay. So after after whores divorce, uh horse orbs and apps uh what's next
1: so usually after cocktail guests are going to transition uh into the start of the reception and that is uh usually the first course whether it's dinner or lunch whatever it is but there's usually a starter course that comes after the cocktail hour is over and the guests are sort of seated at their at their tables so the first course it's usually um Here on the East Coast, it's common for it to be a salad or soup and salad, um, something along those lines. And you can have multiple courses. We're really not going to get into that too much because it depends on you, your budget, your venue, your caterer, all these different things. But there's usually some sort of starter um, that is either served as guests are coming into the space or it's served before the guests come into the space or it's served after they've sit down and taken their orders and all that stuff. Does that make sense?
0: So... So what's the, what's that little like frozen treat that they usually give like after sour to like cleanse the palate? What is that called?
1: Um, some people do it. It's called an intermezzo course. Is that like sorbet uh, if, or whatever? Kind of. If you've ever watched The Princess Diaries, uh, two, one, two.
0: Can't say I have. I think it's
1: one. You've never seen The Princess Diaries? <laughs>
0: you've Daniel. never seen Lord of the Rings, so I don't want to hear it.
1: Please get off my jock. I don't like Lord of the Rings. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I like Harry Potter. I don't understand what's not to understand there. No, it's... uh, So if you've seen The Princess Diaries, it's the point where she, like, takes this big scoop of ice cream, what she thinks is ice cream or sherbet, and sticks it in her mouth, and it's, like, insanely cold, and she can't eat. But it's basically just a little frozen something that you stick in to... I think it's... The purpose is to cleanse the palate for the next course. Yep. So, yeah. So you could do that when we talk about this too the more courses you sort of add on to your event i am all for it because i love food but keep in mind that every course you add eats into the time that you're gonna have at the end of the meal if you're doing dancing or some other form of entertainment. So if your just whole reception is focused on food, then load up those courses and have a ball. But if you cannot wait to get everybody on the dance floor, consider limiting the amount of courses you have because each course needs to be served, consumed, and then cleared away before the next course can start. And depending how many guests you have, that could be anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour plus per course. So Definitely something to think about.
0: Gotcha. Okay. okay. Hmm. So
1: let's move the into... The main event. The main event. Ba, 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 ba. Now, I tend to think in terms of the reception that it's often a dinner. I also very much recognize that you might be doing a brunch reception, a lunch reception, a
0: yep.
1: cake and dessert, whatever it is. But most of us are looking at doing an actual dinner. Now, dinner... And if you haven't talked with your caterer or venue yet, I want you to really eat up this information because you're gonna go into your meeting with your venue or caterer with so much knowledge and so much like A plus gold star rock star confidence that they're gonna be like, dang, she did her homework or like he knows <laughs> or what or he's he, talking about. There you go. I said he. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, off my jock. So so listen to this information and I'm going to talk through the different ways you can do dinner based on your caterer or venue, and sort of what it means and some things to consider about depending on which avenue you go with, okay? So if you've already talked with your caterer venue about what you're doing, I still have some tips in here for you. Got it?
0: Okay, so there are three areas, right, that you're going to expound on.
1: Yes, three okay. different styles of dinner service, we'll say. And All this right, could I... be lunch service, anything like that. So the All first right. one is, is to have a plated sit down dinner someone brings you a plate of food similar to a restaurant the second is to do a buffet or stations which is what the the more contemporary version of a buffet is now the third option is to do family style now if I rack my brain there's probably other versions but these are your three most popular so I'll just say that as a disclaimer (laughs) sound good (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, so let's break down that first one, which you said was the uh, plated sit-down, right? So each person receives their own plate of food. Plop, here you go.
1: Yeah, so there's there's a few different ways, depending on your caterer or venue, that you um, may have to approach this one way which is a little bit uh what we've seen more in the past few years is that an invite is sent out with an option for guests to check off whether they want the chicken or the beef or the fish or whatever it is they send the rsvp back with the choices you give those choices to the chef and that's what's served to them on the wedding day another thing that could happen is that as guests sit down to take their seats A staff member comes around and takes their order for dinner, not unlike what you do at a restaurant, except it's a much more limited venue. As opposed to choosing from an entire menu of things, you're picking from two or three different options. Orders are taken, they take it back, they cook it, they bring it out. Another way to do it is that everyone receives the same exact plate. It's usually a duo of things like a filet and crab cake or chicken and something else. So that for most of the guests, there's plenty of food on the plate to accommodate every single person's preferences. That usually results in a much faster service because there isn't too much confusion. Every single person is getting the same plate.
0: And then there's Mm -hmm. often a vegetarian option, yeah? Um, yeah, but I I feel like. All right. So is there almost always a veggie option, but there there's kind of like a silent deal.
1: I know I don't I, I don't fully understand why caterers or venues do this. And if you are a caterer venue and you have insight on this, please pass it along because it's information I crave. But it's so common for there to be a silent vegetarian option. And now it's also common that this vegetarian option is also probably gluten-free and accommodates most of the popular dairy-free, nut-free allergies so that if a person has any sensitivities or allergies, this one meal will sort of accommodate most of the guests. Um, But yeah, it's often silent. So guests that are vegetarian will have to specifically ask their servers um, for that meal. But... To me, if it's not presented as an option, I would feel like, well, I don't want to be that guest that is sort of asking for that. So how do you when you're not that you're a guest super often, Dan, but how do you how have you seen it approached? Um, Because you obviously have dietary restrictions.
0: Yeah, I mean, it comes with the territory of knowing that you eat kind of weird. So a big part of it is (laughs) eating weird. (laughs) well i mean the majority of the population does eat meat and right. you know rachel and i don't so that's that it's, it it's uncommon
1: versus weird it's definitely not okay
0: weird. uncommon yeah whatever there we go. <laughs> um so uh so we make sure that we eat a lot of times before we go places unless we know that what mm-hmm. is happen uh what's what's going on there that we can eat something so with most weddings um a lot of especially if it's a friend of ours they know that we're veggie um, and they will put you know at least all the wedding most of the weddings we've been to have specifically had a veggie option uh, and strangely enough at our wedding we had a veggie option that was just something like really simple tortellini Alfredo. Like that's one of Rachel and my favorite meals and an insane amount of people got the tortellini Alfredo because <laughs> it, it, was, it was like crazy. We were just so, so surprised at how many people wrote back saying like, Oh, this sounds great. Let's do this one versus salmon or chicken or whatever it was that we got. Um, so yes, uh, but we have gone to places that, um, we, there wasn't much in the cocktail hour, maybe some fruit and crackers and that's kind of it and cheese. Um, but then we specifically did have to ask at uh, the table and say, hey, you know, were those people – is it possible? Is there a veggie option? Um, and you can tell a lot of places like it's an afterthought um, mm-hmm. or or like it, the maybe the venue or the caterer just happened to say, oh, like we've got that. We've got something that's just kind of taken care of. And if it's not – something that you specifically ask about like if you know you've got a whole bunch of veggie people ask about what that meal is because sometimes it's i'm gonna be honest it's a pretty lame meal um for somebody who's like if you're there dancing it up partying it up for five hours you need like a little bit of sustenance if you literally just cut a cauliflower head in half and call it a cauliflower steak that's nice but if it's just that on a you know plate that's like maybe what 90 calories Yeah. Not so. It's not very filling. So I would say, seriously, ask about that. What are the options? Um, you're putting a lot of thought and love into, you know, what these other things are you are doing, the tasting and everything. Ask them what, you know, what kind of veggie options they have. There's some awesome, awesome stuff out there that I've had, um, you know, for, for venues and, and couples who really thought about it and (laughs) knew they had some veggie people. So yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think if if you have any type of substantial guest list that you're working with, I can't think of a time where we didn't have some sort of um, allergy restriction or sensitivity that came yep. back, especially in recent years. When I started back in 2009, it definitely wasn't as common. But in recent years, there is Always, 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 some sort of allergy or something, which is unfortunate that people have um, have so many restrictions on their diet. But it is what it is. And the more that you sort of put it out to your guests that hey, we want to know, and the more you communicate that with the person in charge of the food, your caterer, your venue, whatever, the the smoother experience that's going to be for everyone. The less awkward your guest feels, the the more prepared and ready your caterers are so that when those things do come up, they're able and ready to handle it. If you wait until the day of the wedding to be like, oh, by the way, five of our guests are gluten-free at table five. You can handle that, right? Okay, thanks, bye. Now they're scrambling and it's a little bit less desirable of an experience and they're taking their energy away from what they're supposed to be focused on doing. So the more you can communicate that, I get that you are also not in control of your, your adult guests who may spring these surprises on you uh, or, or your caterer that day. You can't really control that. But the more you can sort of get ahead of it, uh, the better experience for everybody, hands down. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's our plated yep. sit-down uh style of dinner the other style uh there's two more that i want to talk about the next one is buffet or what's now being called stations it's a little bit more contemporary version um they're they're similar but but different um buffet is usually like one or two or or more we actually had four long tables this past weekend of just food 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 where guests all the guests start at one end and walk from one end to another end with their plate and they pick what they want and they put it on their plate Stations is similar where guests are getting up out of their seats and they're going to different stations and as opposed to a buffet, which is all in one spot, stations are usually broken up throughout the room it's actually really similar to what we were talking about with the appetizers that uh you know they're usually a little bit more interactive like it's really cool to see a, a pasta station at dinner or a mashed potato station too Those,
0: sushi yes
1: yeah, sushi seafood uh there's it's nice um to do a carving station where people are like carving you know the, the meats um a lot of different <laughs> things you can still do a, a salad station a veggie station but instead of all however many of your guests going up and getting into the same one line guests are able to get up and walk throughout the space it's much more interactive um if you are a, a meat eater and that's all you dream about is meat you go right to that carving station and you say salad i'll see you later You just focus on that. (laughs) You keep going to all these places that you want to go, but you don't feel like, okay, well, you're in this one line and you have your one shot to go through. You can bounce around and do all kinds of different stuff. So, um, super cool. Yeah, I really, I really like stations. Um, what I found is that if you have a lot of much older guests who aren't necessarily as mobile, come up with maybe a plan to get them, those guests their food because they are not going to be able to just jump out of their seat and walk around holding a plate, especially if they've got a walker or a wheelchair or a cane. Um, it's It's not uncommon to see somebody in the family sort of take the lead on getting those guests food, but maybe approach it keeping that in mind saying, hey, uh, Uncle Joe, for dinner, do you think you can help my grandma and grandpa um, get their plates for dinner? I know you've got, you know, you know. I we just want you to enjoy, a guest, but it would really mean a lot for us if you if we just know that somebody's taking care of them on that front. Um, that to me is like an important thing. Also, to uh, make sure you talk with whoever is going to be running the show of your day, whether it's a coordinator or somebody from the catering staff, when it comes to dismissing the tables for dinner. Um, try not to have, unless you have a very, very small wedding guest list, but try not to have everybody just go up to all the stations or all the buffet line right at once because you are going to end up with a lot of very unhappy people waiting in line. So, pro tip. Very true. Okay. All right, the last one I want to talk about is family style. Um, family style dinner is... Uh, for those Italians out there, I don't even need to explain this, <laughs> but family style <laughs> is when every single table is served a few big plates of food. So if you're sitting at a table with 10 other guests, you have a big plate of of, of your protein that comes out and a big plate of your veggies and a, a big bowl of salad that comes out. And it's sort of passed around the table. And, you know, as a guest, you add it to your own plate.
0: Yep. Think like, think like uh, Thanksgiving style, like here, pass the potatoes kind of deal.
1: Exactly, it's a great concept when you want to have guests um, still choose what they want to eat, but not have to necessarily leave their table to get up and go to the buffet and stations. Does that make sense? So, so it's all just right at yeah. your table, but it's like a it's like a mini buffet, your own little mini area. But here's the thing: for as much as I love family style dinner, because I think it's in terms of the the guest experience, I think it's great, but please, please, please keep in mind how much decoration and decor you have on the guest table itself. Because if your centerpiece is huge and you've got a million beautiful candles and table numbers and favors and glassware and all these things on the table, you also need to keep in mind all these trays of food now also have to come out from the kitchen and be placed on the table. So you have to balance with having your tables be spacious enough to allow for that, but still be, you know, as beautiful as you want to make it. But I think it's really it's very common for for couples to go really overboard on decor and forget about the fact that they also need to be able to fit all this all these trays of food on the table when it's family style.
0: Yeah, and it's annoying being the guest who like has to be is like right in front of the meat. And then all of a sudden, like because there's one space, right? Like everything is all set down. <laughs> you yeah. got like the meat thing in front of you or the potatoes in front of you. And also sudden like somebody's like, OK, let me pass the potatoes. So you like pass the potatoes and then they got to pass them back because there's only one spot on the table for the potatoes. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Have some extra room. Think about that ahead of time.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe it's just a matter of seating a few less guests per table too. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be super bare. It's just all things that I want you to keep in mind as you're going through and planning the whole overall, over, overall view and vision of the day. Um, and actually just thought of another style of dinner and it's tapas. Ooh. tapas style
0: when i was younger tapas
1: tapas when i was younger and i've never heard of it before somebody said they were going to a tapas bar and i was positively sure that they were going to a topless bar and i was very uncomfortable (laughs) with what they were telling me uh yeah have you ever seen a, a tapas style wedding dan
0: yeah uh not a wedding but i've been to a bunch of different tapas um restaurants
1: so, tapas comes from mm-hmm. like a Spanish style with like small, usually shareable dishes where it's a little bit more picky. It has like a cocktail hour vibe to it. Um, but really, if you do uh, your full reception as tapas style, you want the food to get substantially heavier and progressive as the night goes on. Like, you don't want to do like light, picky food all night. It needs to get a little bit more substantial as it goes. Sub- more substantial. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> words yeah words. Uh, really though with that style you can't it, it needs to be a little bit more of a casual vibe than a black tie super formal thing um and it does not that style of food does not usually bode well with older generations so um they are always waiting for but when does dinner start <laughs> so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's a that's definitely a new thing. But if you go this route, um, mm-hmm. make sure you the food is constantly coming. Like maybe yes. one of the questions you could ask your caterers, like how often and how many people are out there giving food out right. um, like me, I'm I'm a big person and like I I, I eat a lot. Um, so since people are picking, it takes a while for them to get full. So just make sure you have ask that question. Hey, how much comes out? How often do things come out? What how do you rotate? That kind of thing.
1: Right. I think those are really great tips. All right, Dan, before we head into one of our favorites to talk about dessert, let's take a quick break for today's sponsor. Okay, Dan, I want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor for today's episode, which is Still White.
0: Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Let's hear it. (laughs)
1: So when it comes to finding your perfect wedding dress, and Dan, I know you struggled with this too, you can really search tirelessly day and night trying to find like a dress that's beautiful, but also affordable, right? That's key. So Still White is the world's largest wedding dress marketplace with over 30,000 gowns to choose from. They have designers like Vera Wang, Beholden, one of my favorites, Sarah Seven, and so many more, like so many more. And you can expect to save around 50%, like half off of a gorgeous gown that was really only previously worn for a few hours and obviously dry cleaned. And when I was searching, I actually saw some that said completely brand new.
0: What? Wait, all right. so, So tell me a little bit more about how this works then.
1: Yep. So sellers will go and create a profile on Still White, upload their pictures of the dress and all the details. From there, buyers can search by designer, size, price, and style to see everything that's available for them at a fraction of the usual cost.
0: Okay. So say that I've found my perfect dress. Mm-hmm. Now what happens?
1: Well, you're going to look gorgeous. Let me just say that. But... <laughs> Still White offers a safe and secure way to chat about the dress with the seller. So you can ask them questions and you can get, you know, ask them specific measurements. And from there, if the seller's local, you can arrange a time and place to meet and maybe even try the dress on. Or if not, you can opt to have it shipped using PayPal and a super safe tracking number. Hmm. And when your wedding's over, as opposed to having your gown take up precious real estate in your closet, you consider selling it back and making a few extra bucks back. Sounds awesome, right?
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so visit stillwhite.com slash put a ring on it to learn more and start shopping today. S-T-I-L-L-W-H-I-T-E dot com slash put a ring on it. Okay, now back to the show.
0: And we're back. So uh, after the last thing that you just talked about was uh, tapas. So does that cover pretty much everything for dinner and everything?
1: Oh my gosh. I could probably talk about a billion more things, but those are the main points that I wanted to talk about in today's episode. So yes, now we get to move on to the next part of the meal.
0: To desert. 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 desert which yes. is actually not my favorite course. I'm no? much more of a savory kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, but I, and like, I'm not a, a chocolate kind of guy either. Like I do like, like give me apple pie over mm-hmm. chocolate cake any day. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Well, that's good to know. I'll write that down for future reference.
0: Good. Thank you. Good.
1: You're welcome. I'm here for you. And I think when we, <laughs> okay, think so dessert. when we think dessert too, when it comes to wedding, what is sort of the penultimate that we penultimate? That's not the right word. What's the ultimate thing you think about when you think wedding dessert? Cake. Cake. Right. You think of the Never. wedding cake, whether it's this traditional cake or, or some other version but cake is sort of what the go-to wedding dessert thought is and i think there's nothing wrong with wedding cake
0: i think that there's nothing wrong with wedding cake but i definitely have seen many pieces of wedding cake sitting at tables because by the time the cake gets out of there nobody's sitting at the tables anymore um I, i i've seen more success uh with with stations and things, which you're going to get into in a little bit, with like a, yeah. a dessert bar where there's petty fours. See how I did that there? Um, and little grabbables and, and you know, fun things like that versus, you know, just the, the cake being cut up and thrown down at the table.
1: Right. But if you still like cake and you still like the thought of doing a cake cutting ceremony at your reception, I do think it. there's still options for you because you can do this traditional cake where there's enough for all of your guests. Though, like Dan said, there is so much cake that gets thrown away at the end of your weddings. Um, in fact, if you... Um, if you are working with your baker and they say, how many guests are you going to have? Like, say you have 150 guests, tell them about 100 guests because they will always pick more, way more than than is absolutely needed. And so many people just don't eat it. Um, also, if you're saving the top layer, don't ca- count that as part of what you'll need. Dan, did you save the top layer of your cake after?
0: <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do
1: you remember how good your cake smelled?
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've never experienced this before. But something about Dan and Rachel's ca- wedding cake, um, they had it was a friend of yours, right? That made it. Who made
0: it? It was it was a past one of my past brides' sisters who was in school for cake baking and cake decorating. Yeah, and we it, were like, well, gorgeous. we'll take it. Well, and the only reason why we took a chance on her is because she made the cake for that wedding for her mm-hmm. sister's wedding, and it was the the most amazing wedding cake I've ever had in my entire life. And so we went. We actually, when we went cake tasting, we went to her house, uh, her parents' house, and she baked like a whole bunch of like little six inch uh, round cakes and and we ate them on uh styrofoam plasticware and and stuff. And we we're like we like went out to I think it was like Michael's or something and bought a whole bunch of flowers. And we're like, here you go. Uh, Here's some flowers that kind of work with our thing. And she like worked some major magic, like like uh, a college student doing uh, a uh, cramming session before a a wedding. It it was amazing. It was incredible.
1: But something about that cake, as you walked past it, you can smell the like sugary deliciousness of it. It was amazing. It was was very, very
0: good. Yeah. She was awesome.
1: And that's a situation, just as like a, a takeaway there, that's a situation where if she totally goofed it up and there ended up being no cake, you and Rachel would have went, hey, chance we took. Whatever. All good. Party on. <laughs> you
0: know, yep. We'll
1: we'll share an ice cream sundae and, and call it a day and, and it was all good. But that was something that you were really willing to take a risk on and it paid off in yeah. your case. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah. like a traditional cake. You can also do, um, I've seen people do cake that has like fake styrofoam layers. Uh, and then there's like mm-hmm. a sheet cake in the back that actually gets cut. And really, most bakers will tell you that most of the cost uh, involved with, with a wedding cake actually comes in the decoration of the cake. So really, if you're doing fake layers, it's a, sometimes a cost saving, but not always, depending on how elaborate your um, your decoration is going to be um but honestly i'm a big fan of the sheet cake because no one realizes that sheet cake it's still it's way easier to cut it's quicker to serve it comes out people never realize it's not the actual cake i will say that much so um yeah
0: go to Wegmans and get a sheet cake because Wegmans is amazing if you know if you know yeah. what Wegmans is
1: yeah that's just very regional but yeah i agree there a lot of their stuff is actually really good i like all Wegmans i live Wegmans sushi too Wigman's Sushi Ooh. is my jam. <laughs> um, and speaking of jam, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, that would have been great <laughs> if I did that. Uh, and then another option you could do when it comes to cake is just to do a really small cutting cake. So if you still want to do the cake cutting tradition where you cut it together and feed each other the cake, you can do just this really small like nine inch or so one or two layer cake that's just meant for the, you as the couple to cut. And sometimes the rest of it is cut and served and sometimes it's not. But that's another option. So, Hmm. So, yeah. And I think, uh, as Dan mentioned earlier, there's also like, if you're not a cake person flipping, don't do cake, man.
0: Yep. Ain't no
1: shame in that game.
0: Nope. Uh, I was at a wedding just a couple weeks ago and, um, they were not, cake people it was that it was the one uh at a friend of mine's at a camp and mm. they just had like 50 pies or something like that they had a whole <sighs> bunch of different pies from this local baker um, and they ate it up and, and people had a good time literally ate it up get it literally
1: <laughs> i see what you yeah. did there yeah uh, we've seen a lot of stuff as dad man- Dan mentioned the petty fours we've seen viennese stations which are usually very elaborate with like tons of different options uh donuts cupcakes um cookies that's uh, brownies, those things are too sometimes if you have a family who wants to participate and and contribute something to the wedding, oh, yeah. the dessert area is a great place for you to say, hey, can you make up a batch of those amazing cookies that you make at Christmas? And done. We, and it's easy for them we, to bring to the wedding, put out on a table,
0: boom. Seriously, we all have like that aunt or grandma or something who's got like some amazing recipe for some cookies or something like uh, my Grammy had this amazing she's had a, an amazing recipe for everything kiffles and thumbprints and all these like random things that you know I, I feel like a small portion of people know what I'm talking about yes. um, but yeah uh, like and nobody made them like my sister's an amazing baker my mom's an amazing baker but nobody made things like grammy you know yeah
1: and just imagine that so i think food often comes with all these great memories too like for me there's there's certain cookies that my mom makes that on we always have on christmas morning and we freeze them and hang on to them throughout the year because we make so much of them and every time i bring them out of the freezer and have some it's like christmas morning it's amazing i do think it's interesting i hear so many people say this and dan you just said it too so you call them kiffles Right? Yep. That's my, yep. like, I love Kiff, well, what you call Kiffles. In my house, they're called Kifleas.
0: Kifleas? Interesting. Yeah, they're like the little horseshoe-shaped things?
1: Kind of. Ours aren't necessarily horseshoe, but my family has a tendency to, like, simplify stuff. And, like, <laughs> if the shape is what's causing a problem, as long as the taste is there, where you're usually, like more focused on the taste of it. Um so I don't know what they're actually supposed to be and from what I've seen they all look different, but yeah, we call them though keefleys.
0: Keefleys. Interesting.
1: Huh. Yeah. I also got into an argument one day with Mike over pigs in a blanket. So in my family, well in his family I should say, pigs in a blanket are the little hot dogs wrapped in what like uh what would you call like a Bun, but not a bun. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? A
0: little dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like some croissant. dough. Right,
1: Very, right, right. So that's to him what pigs in a blanket are. In our family, pigs in a blanket is uh, like pork wrapped in cabbage that's cooked in a red, like uh, tomato y sauce. Like that's pigs in a blanket in our house. <laughs> and he made a comment one day about it. And I was like, that's not what a pig in a blanket is. Like this is a pig in a blanket. And he had no idea what I was talking about. And I Googled it and I was totally wrong, but relative to the fact that that is what my family I...
0: calls it. <laughs> We hey, call wait, them what was picky thing. What does it called? The what pigs was it in called? A blanket? The thing your family's? What was it made out of?
1: Uh it's like a it's like a pork sausage wrapped in um cabbage. Uh I think they're specifically oh. hulupkis. I think yeah, is yeah, the Yeah, holubi,
0: um... holushki, one of those kind of things.
1: Right. Um, uh, and again, my family tends to like just make up their own stuff with it, but yeah, it, they end up getting called <laughs> pigs in blanket or piggies. <laughs> But yeah, Yeah. I just think it's interesting how different families have these different traditions. And while you might not be comfortable with your family catering your entire wedding, that the dessert area is a great way for them to contribute in a way that is so wonderful and so loving and and allows them to to gift you that that bit of bakery love.
0: And, and really feel like they gave you, like they helped you out, right? Like there's such a power in that when people really want to help and you like, you almost like take something away from them when you, when you're like, no, I don't need anything. But you're like, they're like, oh, oh, okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Like I've seen a couple of times where like the aunts and, and mom like love to bake Mm -hmm. and it's, it's kind of a thing. Like all the different weddings, they, they make all these different cookies and it's like three of those eight foot tables filled with different cookies and treats and pies and whatever. So cool. What an amazing like gift it is to have a family who who works like that and who can work together like that to come around a celebration like right. that. Right.
1: Huh. 100%. And before we wrap up this episode, because I think that there's other ways you can incorporate cool food into your wedding, um, I want to talk about sort of the extra stuff that you might want to yeah. consider doing. The little the little this extra something, thing, something, too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we're getting away from as couples sort of personalize their day more and more and sort of we get out of this cookie cutter, uh, pun intended, cookie cutter version of, well, you do this, (laughs) you know, here's your four appetizers. Here's your salad. Here's your choice of steak and beef. And here's your wedding cake. Goodbye. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think couples are sort of pushing the envelope again, pushing the envelope. I don't know what that technically means, Um, but they are, they're sort of stretching out what is, what they want to do to personalize their day from a food perspective. So what's um, so what about like before the ceremony, right? If you want to just take it back a whole lot Um, before the ceremony makes, maybe you have a little station set up, which is like a little s a little snack. You know, a little welcome yeah, yep. snack.
0: Yep, welcome snack, welcome drink. Uh and not necessarily alcoholic, but okay. like I've seen for some summer some summer weddings, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen like a Uh, a mint uh, iced tea, a lemonade, and like those big, you know, big glass jars that people can just walk up and they, you know, get a little mason jar, a little glass or a little plastic cup and you have a little something, something. And then they've also got, you know, maybe some, some nuts or popcorn or whatever, just to quickly snack on and keep it super simple as they're waiting for the, you know, this outdoor ceremony to start.
1: You will never see a person more excited about food than when Danielle sees a popcorn, like a bag of popcorn or smells popcorn. (laughs)
0: Really? I become a hound
1: dog when I smell popcorn to find the source of the smell of popcorn so I can get my hands on popcorn. I love
0: popcorn Interesting. so much. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah,
1: I've also seen like a guac station, which was cool. We on Cinco de Mayo we did a wedding and it's a little we, messy. Uh it, it it wasn't bad. It was it was pretty contained. The caterer set it up in a really smart way that it was it was it was nicely done and still tasteful and nobody really got guac all over themselves i would have gotten guac all over me but it was it was nice i think ultimately a good rule of thumb that is if you're anytime you're serving alcohol especially if it's before your ceremony try to also have a little bit of snack so you don't usually want to serve Mm -hmm. alcohol without serving some sort of food along with it uh it doesn't need to be huge just something little so that guests aren't necessarily consuming that alcohol on an empty belly and on the flip side if you are doing a pre-ceremony snack i usually say have some type of beverage to go with it. it doesn't have to be alcoholic but if you're serving like salty nuts sorry uh or like popcorn you're they're gonna want some sort of at least water lemonade iced tea something like that
0: so yep. yeah yeah okay so then here's the here's the next thing that i've definitely been seeing a lot more like uh the and it's this uh after the dinner is done maybe an hour or so uh into dancing they, they they just pull out like a new uh another buffet at least i've seen a lot of buffets mm-hmm. of like one simple little item so around here it's um uh i've seen a lot of like cheese steaks uh mini cheese steaks i've seen a lot of fries and and milkshakes like mini fries and milkshakes uh, mini grilled cheeses things like that mm-hmm. um i've seen some food trucks for pizzas um All kinds of, like, just random little treats for people to kind of soak up some of that alcohol Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) later in the evening before, you know, maybe an hour before the reception ends or something like that.
1: Right. I've seen it, like, an hour before the reception ends. I've also seen it as people are literally leaving. So suddenly they're like, oh, the reception's over. We're leaving. And they walk outside to this, like, very cool ice cream truck or fried something you know that's just whipping up burgers and it's you know the, the couple has taken care of it so they just walk up and order a burger on their way out that is the that is wedding guest gold they yep. get so excited it's completely unexpected They that is yeah. the stuff that and especially if that's sort of their last um, their last touch on your wedding that is the part they walk away going oh my god and then the pizza truck came how cool was that yep
0: Heck yeah. yeah. There's um there's a wedding script, right? There's a there's a script for everything we do in life. When you go to the grocery store, there's like what you expect. When you go to a wedding, there's what you expect. You expect to sit through a ceremony, you expect to sit through formalities, have a dinner, then party, right? Mm-hmm. How can you break that script? Mm-hmm at different er- and like and just do something unexpected that that people are not ex- expecting um and doing a food truck you know at the end or or maybe it's just um for all of your guests like i've seen this a bunch in philly cuz you know philly is pretzels philly is uh cheesesteaks uh on the way out there's you know they get they go to a uh, local pretzel place and they get, you know, 200 pretzels and mustard and whatever for just people to like pick this thing up and eat as they're walking out and and it just adds a little like a little cap a yeah. little awesome a little a little ditty a little sum sum to to their experience And that's awesome right. They're flipping the script They're they're breaking that script A little bit And doing something unexpected
1: Right And it doesn't need to be This huge cost added To your day nope. Literally Like Dan said It's it's a tray of pretzels People love it A few trays of pizza Have it Done. delivered It doesn't need to be extravagant Obviously it can go Into extravagant, uh, an extravagant area But it, it doesn't It doesn't need to be And it could be sweet It could be savory It could be both Like Dan said The fries and milkshake Oh is that good stuff man That's oh, a good one So good So good so, so good. So but yeah.
0: good.
1: Yeah. All right. I got one mm. more that I want to talk about before we wrap up this episode, and that is getting ready. Okay. And this is not necessarily an extra. This is more of a do not forget as you have your your group of people getting ready in the morning and, uh, you know, everybody is doing hair and makeup and the guys are, are doing whatever, whatever is specifically going on, make sure that you plan for either breakfast and or lunch for that time of day because it oh is so gosh, easy yes. to forget to plan that time <laughs> for food and people need to eat. Don't forget about it. Don't think that people will just be okay because it's not a good
0: idea. And... You're not gonna gain weight by eating lunch <gasps> do I, people I, I've, think I've that? heard that uh, I've definitely heard that oh, I need to fit in my dress oh i <sighs> you know I need to do this uh guys, you will literally pass out if you all you have is alcohol from the night before in your system and water from that morning um you're not gonna do any damage uh at that point in the day you're not gonna it's just not gonna happen um take care of yourself, take care of your body on any other day you would not be sitting there like oh my gosh i'm I'm not gonna eat for this reason now it's like you you eat normally um and and you give your body what it needs: nutrition, mm-hmm. um, energy. Uh, yes. You're going to be partying and sweating and having fun. You need to feed yourself and feed your energy level um, to be able to sustain that all day. You know
1: exactly. And and think of it: um, if you're anything like most of the people, when we get into situations where we're very excited and anxious for something, like you know, when you're when you're about to go on vacation, you just get so excited that your belly forgets to give you those cues that hey. I'm hungry. So you have to make sure to plan in advance because your belly that day is probably not going to tell you I'm hungry, feed me because it's just so excited. It's going to be just running on adrenaline and at a certain point that day if you don't put food in your belly, belly's going to go, "Oh, whoops. <laughs> we forgot. We're hungry. We didn't tell you and now we are done." So, here we go. <laughs> so I I think it's I think it's a good idea. I've I've seen a lot of different things. I know uh, if you're regional to it, Panera bread does a really great spread. Like anything you can get oh, that yeah. is delivered that you can pick on it doesn't need to be a big sit down buffet breakfast buffet just things that people can pick on as they're getting ready as they're going about their morning affairs or afternoon affairs whatever it is Um, that is is really key something they can just eat with their fingers stick in the belly Um, it's it's really such a good idea and, and not again, this is not an extra thing to think about. This is a, please don't forget to think about (laughs) thing.
0: Yeah. We should have started this episode with that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I just thought it was such a little thing that, yeah, I wanted to add to my extra stuff. So yeah.
0: Cool. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode guys.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the put a ring on a podcast. We love you.
1: And if you haven't yet, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps us out so much, you guys.
0: You can find the show notes for today's episode at putaringonapodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget, um, connect with us on all of the socials.
1: Yep, I am at dpnak, D-P-N-A-K, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest.
0: And I'm at Daniel Moore Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moore Photography on Facebook and Pinterest.
1: And remember, you can always send us your questions on our website or on the Put a Ring on It podcast Facebook page. We really do our best to answer every single one we get, and we might even include yours in an upcoming episode.
0: Finally, know that you are awesome, and no matter what, remember that your wedding is going to kick butt.
1: Yeah, it is. Bye, guys.